Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. How many of you are ready for this morning's message? Amen. Amen. I got a little bit of patty cake out of that, so that's good. We are in a series right now called The Elephant in the Room. Did anybody spot the elephant this morning? Don't point at me. Yes, he's right over here. Every week, some of you are just now getting that. Every week, the elephant is going to be hidden somewhere on the platform for us to find. And, and oftentimes what happens with the elephant in the room is we simply avoid him. We don't really talk about him. We push him to the side. We treat him like dear cousin Eddie. And when he comes over for Thanksgiving dinner, everybody kind of avoids cousin Eddie because he's like three fries short of the Happy Meal. And, you know, we don't talk much about cousin Eddie. But really what we're talking about in this series is a part of the Godhead that is oftentimes avoided. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. We talk a lot about God the Father. We talk a lot about Jesus, God the Son. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we push him to the side for one reason or another. We are halfway through this series. Can you believe it? Already week three of this series that we're simply talking about the Holy Spirit. What is his role in our lives? What is the encounter that the Holy Spirit desires to have inside of us? Over the duration of five weeks, we're going to take some time to answer many of the questions that you have had about the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. For some of you, this is nothing new. For some of you, this is pretty routine. You, you understand the Holy Spirit. You've been around the Holy Spirit. For others of you, this is pretty new territory for you. In fact, if you knew that we were talking about the Holy Spirit today, you might have gone out of town or something else. Um, well, just hold on. It's going to be really, really good. I'm excited about this series because I believe that when we begin to function with all of God, not just two-thirds of Him, when we begin to function with all of God, we begin to grab a hold of an understanding of he, who He truly is and what He truly desires to do in our lives. So I encourage you, Approach this series and even this message this morning with an open heart and an open mind. Let God give you a clear understanding of His Word and how it applies to our lives today. Are we good with that? We are going to do our best, and I'm going to share this probably every week. We're going to do our absolute best to make sure that everything that is stated up here is backed up with God's Word. I'm going to give you scripture after scripture. It's written in your outlines. It's on the YouVersion app as well. It's on the screen in front of you. Take really good notes. Go back and check it out. I want you to make sure that you clearly understand what's happening with the Holy Spirit. Well, our text today is taken from Acts chapter 2, verse 39, and it says this. This promise, what is the promise? The Holy Spirit. This promise, the Holy Spirit, is for you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's for you. Now look at the one on the other side, you know your second choice. And look at them and say, it's also for you. This promise is for you 
to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. We've already taken the time to look at what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, when He fills our lives. We talked in week one about the physical evidence. What are some things that we see? And we're going to recap that a little bit more next week. Last Sunday, we talked about the freedom and the peace that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. But today, I want to take just a moment and discuss the Holy Spirit within us. What does it look like when the Holy Spirit is within us? Before I get into that, let me share with you a few of the what's when it comes to the Holy Spirit. What is the gift of the Holy Spirit? Now, for some of you, your mind is really spinning right now because all you can think of is somebody swinging from the chandelier or dancing in an aisle or, or running circles and do a Jericho march around the building. For you, this idea of the Holy Spirit is a little, a little scary in your mind, but I want to share with you what exactly the Holy Spirit is or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. Number one, it's a fulfillment of prophecy. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, remember this promise that we just read about that's for you and your children and those far, far away, it's a gift, it's a fulfillment of prophecy. Let me read to you the account from Acts chapter 2. And this is what we call the day of Pentecost. This is the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus had told his followers to go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise. They joined together. They went to the upper room. They sought after God. They were truly pouring out their spirit, saying, God, whatever this promise is, they didn't know what it was, but whatever this promise is, would you let it fall upon us? And here's what happens in Acts chapter 2. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, say everyone, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by these believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. Let's skip down to verse 12. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles, and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, 
what we see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Say all. We kind of have bookmarkers on both sides. On the onset, it said, and everyone was filled. And at the end, he's quoting Joel, and he says, God will pour out his spirit on all people. So everyone and all is kind of sandwiching this whole idea. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. The upper room encounter or experience caused quite a stir among the people in the surrounding area. They were accusing these men and women of, of being drunk. And Peter tried to explain to them it was simply a fulfillment of what the prophet Joel had spoken about many years ago. They were speaking in all kinds of languages. and They didn't know, but they were speaking the native tongue of those who had come to celebrate in Jerusalem. Some have taught that this encounter was, was the end of this type of outpouring, that this is a once-and-done occurrence. And it was just for the launching of the early church. But Peter clearly states in verse 39 that it was much more than that. Look at verse 39. This promise is for you, to your children, and to those far away. So it's not just for a, a certain time, it's not just for that event, it's not just because they had gone to Jerusalem and sought after God, it's not it was for the launching of the early church, but Peter says it's a promise for you and to your children and to those far away. Now the phrase far away literally means people far in the future. Oh, now see, that should have made some of you excited. Because guess what? We're far in the future. He's talking about us. And this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this encounter with the elephant in the room was for them, for those around them, for their children, and for us. It's truly a fulfillment of prophecy. It's just as much for us today as it was for them on the day of Pentecost. The second thing that I see, I've talked about in the weeks past, and I'm probably going to talk about every week because we really got to grasp this. It's separate from salvation. It's a fulfillment of prophecy, and it's separate from salvation. Acts 19, Paul reaches Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, let me pause. Some of you are saying, Pastor, you shared this exact same scripture and the same statement last week. Why are you doing it again? Because sometimes we need to hear things more than once. You don't believe me. Guys, how many times does your wife have to say the trash can's full? Point in case right there. All right. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We don't know what you mean. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in other languages and prophesied. There's another important truth about the Holy Spirit that has not been taught correctly, and that is that it's separate 
from salvation. You are not filled with the Holy Spirit when you become a believer. The Bible clearly tells us it's a separate encounter or a separate occurrence. Yes, when you accept Christ into your life, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. You become the resting place or the house. So he comes in and takes residence. He dwells in me and guides me through life. But the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is the infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's a separate occurrence from that of salvation. So it's fulfillment of prophecy. It's separate from salvation. Number three, it is for everyone. Now, this is what I want you to grasp. I purposely paused earlier. We talked about everyone was filled, and this outpouring is for all people. I want you to understand it's not just for a, a select group of individuals, but every one of us should, in fact, receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that if we're hungry, if we're thirsting after more of God, we will be filled. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. That means that this gift that God has, He wants to give to me, this gift that God has, He wants to give to you. So if He wants to give it to us, shouldn't we want to receive it? The answer is yes. Let me share with you just a moment some words that Jesus was sharing with His followers. John chapter 14, He says this, If, now here's the definitive word there, If you love Me, obey My commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Now we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you he lives with you now but later will be in you out of this scripture i want to look at four truths regarding the holy spirit what are some things that we see out of this scripture that we can grab a hold of regarding the elephants in the room number one is this the holy spirit is a gift not a payment what do i mean by that you don't have to work to receive the holy spirit you simply welcome him into your life jesus said if you love me obey my commands and i will ask the father and he will what give you not pay you for your efforts not pay you for your hard work or your diligence but he will give you the Holy Spirit. The point is, God will send his gift to those that love him, to those that are hungry for him, to those that desire something more. However, I've talked to so many people over the years that have struggled to receive the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is the issue. Their approach is wrong. 
They feel that they've got to do this or do that or stand this way or hands up that way or bend over this way or eyes closed or eyes open or, or say this or say that. And there's a list of things they've got to accomplish before they can get the right code or the right sequence in order to receive the Holy Spirit. But that's not how a gift works. A gift is freely given. On Christmas morning, when we come around the Christmas tree, I don't have to like have a combination lock and try to put my thumbprint in, but that doesn't work, and then try my pinky, and that doesn't work, and put my big toe in, and suddenly that activates the lock, and it, it opens up, and then I've got to do a dance around the box five times, and finally it pops open. No, what do I do? I dig into the box. Why? Because I'm desperate for whatever's in there. Come on. You guys are the same way. I mean, you're just like, oh, it's for me, and it's open. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to fill you to overflowing. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a gift given to us by God. Look at Luke chapter 24. It says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. Jesus is speaking here. He says, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. Now look at Luke 11. How much more will your Heavenly Father give you, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Acts chapter 2. Then you will receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. Are we seeing the common thread in all of this? I will send. It is promised. He will give. You will receive. Nowhere in there does it say that you've got to jump on one leg, that you've got to raise one hand slightly higher than the other, that you've got to say this correctly, that you've got to open your eyes this way, that you've got to do that, that you've got to close it, that you focus, that you put everybody that no. It says God will give it to you. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, this gift is freely given by God to us. It's not a payment for hard work, but it's a gift that God wants to pour upon each and every one of us. Now remember, Jesus told his followers that he would send the Holy Spirit, the advocates, to them. This leads us to our second truth. The Holy Spirit is an advocate, not an assistant. The Holy Spirit is an advocate, not an assistant. Now, there's a huge difference between these two. Look at the definitions. An advocate. One who pleads the cause of another. One who pleads the cause of another, the second definition, one that defends a cause. Number three, one who supports the interest of a cause. Look at the definition of an assistant, a person who assists someone. Do we see the difference? One person over here. Do we, do we see the difference? An advocate goes to bat for us. An advocate pleads our case. An advocate defends us. An advocate goes before us. An assistance just helps us. Huge difference. 
The Holy Spirit is your advocate that pleads your case to the Father. He walks side by side with you through life. He is your support. He is your defender. You see, an assistant only follows directions. Yet the advocate takes the lead. Passionately pursuing the result. The Holy Spirit steps in on your behalf. Look at Romans chapter 8. It says the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. Isn't that good news? The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I don't know about you, but that's more than just good news. That's great news. The Holy Spirit isn't just my assistant. He goes to bat for me. He's my advocate pleading my case speaking when I don't have the words. Look at John chapter 16. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. See, that leads us to our third truth. The Holy Spirit will define right from wrong. The Holy Spirit will define right from from wrong. John 16. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. We live in a day and age. Now, this is going to surprise some of you. We live in a day and age, a time when right from wrong has become very blurred. You're not shocked by that, are you? No, we live in a society where the idea of what is right and what is wrong is so blurred. In fact, some will say, well, it's okay as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. No, wrong is still wrong and right is still right. It's difficult to know in our society, some would say, what one should do and what one should try to avoid. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will show you the difference between right and wrong, putting a definitive line, a clearly defined line between the two of those so that you know which path to take. He desires to lead you into all truth. So here's a question. Why is this world in such a mess then? I mean, if God did, in fact, send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is truly among us, then why isn't the world convicted of its wrong? Because didn't it just say, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin? So why isn't the world convicted? I know a lot of people that are far from convicted. Right? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. John 14, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Church, we cannot expect the society and culture to respond to the ways of God because they're not looking for him. It blows my mind sometimes when, when people just get on a rant and rave of, 
oh, I can't believe that society is doing this, or I can't believe that people are saying that. I can't believe that this is passed in a law, and I can't believe that this is happening. Why are we surprised? They're not led by the Holy Spirit. They're led by the sinful desires in their hearts. You see, we live in a world that is consumed with doing wrong. We live in a world that embraces sin. I've stated this many times, but I've got to share it again today. It's still true. What one generation tolerates, the next will embrace. What is it that you are tolerating in your life? What is it? What is that thing in your life that, that you've allowed to become blurred? What is that line that you haven't clearly defined? You, you've pushed it aside like the elephant in the room. Because what one generation tolerates, the next will embrace. We live in a, a culture that is embracing sin and, and attempting to call it good. Yet God's word says that we are to run from that which is evil and embrace that which is good. It's time to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal the junk in our lives. Now, can I be honest? That frightens some of you in the house. Because you have so embraced that junk for so long. Today is your day. Today is your day to, to draw that definitive line. Today is your day to remove that junk. Today is your day to run from the sin that is tripping you up. You need the freedom in your life that only the Holy Spirit can give. And good news for you is He is here. And the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's good news. No longer do you have to walk around in the blur, but allow God to penetrate your heart. Allow the freedom of God to reign true inside of you. Let the Holy Spirit draw that definitive line today. Allow the Holy Spirit to remove that blur and define to you what needs to change in you. Look at truth number four. The Holy Spirit wants to be known by you did you know that the holy spirit wants to be known by you he wants to have that that real relationship with you the holy spirit wants to encounter you in a real way john 14 17 says this but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you the holy spirit helps our perspective because his job is to magnify jesus and our desire as a christian is to be more like jesus are you with me here he glorifies jesus which helps us to focus in on jesus to become who he would have us to be Perspective shapes how you see things. In fact, it influences our actions. It shapes our thinking. It ultimately impacts our life. 
the Holy Spirit helps us to keep our eyes on Jesus and not on the circumstance around us. And sometimes that's hard. But we've got to understand the truth of Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God has a plan and a purpose that is so much greater than what we can perceive on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth. See, perspective means how do I see things? How do I see who God really is? How do I understand how God really thinks? How he sees things is supernaturally beyond the ability of my small human understanding. The Holy Spirit reveals God's perspective to us in so many ways so that we can have a better understanding of God than we did before. Now, have you ever found yourself asking this kind of question, where is God? I mean, you're in the midst of a difficult moment in your life. You're facing opposition or whatever the case may be. And you simply say, God, where are you? And the more that you ask him, the worse you feel. You see, it's one thing to know that God is everywhere. But there are times that you need to know that he is right here. Right now with you. The Holy Spirit helps us to keep that perspective by bringing the truth of God's Word to life. See, if circumstances have you feeling lonely, I've got good news for you. The Holy Spirit reminds you that God is with you. Hebrews chapter 13 says this, for God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. But not just that, John chapter 14, we read it a moment ago, the Holy Spirit himself said, I will never leave you. So if you feel lonely today, I want you to know that God is here. If you're feeling insecure in your life, the Holy Spirit reminds you that God is your confidence. Some of you need to wrap around the confidence that only the Holy Spirit can provide into your life, Psalm 16. And I'm always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near. And nothing can shake me. And so I am thankful and glad. And I feel completely secure. Isn't that good news? The psalmist said, no matter what's going on around me, there is nothing that will shake me. That's pretty daring to say, isn't it? Look what it says in the book, Clear the Stage, by Pastor Scott Wilson. He says this. The enemy of our souls, did you know that you have an enemy? Yeah. His name is Satan or the devil. Uh, some would have him have you to believe he's just some sort of character that kids dress up like at Halloween by the way don't let your kids dress up like the devil 
don't don't even venture into that's a whole nother sermon for another time but don't go there he's your enemy he wants to destroy you he wants to take you off the path says the enemy of our souls doesn't want the church of Jesus Christ to be freed. He doesn't want the Christian to be freed, led or empowered by the Spirit of God. He will create confusion, so we need clarity. He brings division, so we need God's love and forgiveness. He sows deception, so we need truth. He injects doubts, so we need confidence in the goodness and the greatness of of God if you find yourself in a moment of insecurity I want you to know that God wants to be your confidence look at Isaiah 43 when you go through deep waters I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because some of you are going through deep waters today God says I will be with you when you go through rivers of difficulty you will not drown when you walk through fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. That's good news. If you're walking around in insecurity today, I want you to know that God wants to be your confidence. God wants to consume you with all that He is. Maybe you're feeling uncertain today. The Holy Spirit reminds you that God sees your struggle. You're not going through this by yourself. The Lord hears His people when they call to Him for help. Man, it may seem like it's just hitting a brick wall. It may seem like every time you cry out to God that it's going nowhere, but I want you to know, listen carefully today, God hears the cry of his people he hears your heart today but it goes on to say he rescues them from all their troubles but just for a moment i mean sometimes we think well god if you're going to rescue me you've got to take me out take me out of this mess don't let me go through this mess refer to isaiah 43 when you go through deep waters he'll be with you sometimes God helping you in your uncertainty is not pulling you out, but sometimes God helping you through your uncertainty is Him walking side by side with you as you go through the junk of life. God sees your struggles. And finally, you feeling depressed? The Holy Spirit reminds you that God is your comforter. The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. That's good news. God is nearby. He's close to those that are discouraged. He saves those who have lost all hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Our hope isn't built upon anything tangible around us. Our hope is not built on people that we spend time with day in and day out. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. 
God is nearby to those that are, are discouraged. But you see, if you're not careful, circumstances will skew your perspective. They'll cause you to start questioning if God is even nearby. But I want you to know that it's time to stop avoiding the elephant in the room. It's time to stop pushing him to the side and pretending he is not relevant for today. But it's time that we, in fact, embrace the gift that God has for us to allow him to fill us completely. After all, the Holy Spirit desires not to, just to be among us, but to completely consume each and every one of us. Who is this gift for? Everyone. Everyone who is called upon the name of the Lord. Every person that's given their life to Christ. This is your gift. I want to challenge you in this series. Not just on Sunday mornings, but, but every day. Spend some time saying, God, reveal it to me. God, help me to know and help me to understand. See, you don't have to be right here in front of an altar to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you, I've heard of some crazy places people were filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's not a location. It's not how you stand. It's not how your hands are raised or what you say. It, it's saying, God, I want more of you. God, I want to be so filled with you. See, seek after the Holy Spirit, not the manifestation that comes afterwards. Seek the Spirit and let Him fill you.